All right, what's going on, everybody? This is episode 39 of the First and Frame Rates podcast. Now, this is a quick uh, PSA. Um, a part of the podcast has been cut off due to technical difficulties, so you may not get the gaming part of the podcast, but um, there's still plenty of content to listen to. Uh, I hope you guys really uh, understand. I do apologize for the inconvenience. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of the content. You guys take care. You're, you're trying to say that Houston took, they're taking three, they took 10 threes this quarter already. Yep. So they haven't learned anything from last There's year. What, two minutes left. So so they haven't learned anything from last year. Hey, when you choose somebody out for taking a long two and they have to apologize. All right, I'm already recording, so we're about to get started. This is Frustrated <laughs> Frame Rates. Uh, what is this, episode 39? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Something I, like that. yeah, I think it's thirty nine. Uh, anyway, um, you can now catch us on iTunes, SoundCloud. You can download the, or you can pretty much search us anywhere on your favorite generic podcast app, and we will be uh, right there, readily and available for you. So you can download the podcast and listen to uh, our lovely voices on the go. And today we have a lot of topics. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, um, some Black Ops 4. We're going to talk about some Red Dead Redemption, the game itself, and the situation where these workers are possibly overworked. A um, couple of other things that's just going to go on the fly as far as gaming goes. We're going to talk about the NBA's the debut of the season just started, and we're going to talk about some scores in the NFL. Uh, yeah. We haven't really been on the college football thing as much. We do know that Georgia lost to LSU. And a couple other fascinating scores that have happened throughout college, but you have to forgive us. We haven't been on it as much to talk about that, so we won't. Um, anyway, we're going to start with the intros. I'm going to give DJ the, the reins to start his intro first. DJ, what has been going on with you, man? Man... A lot has been going on, and, you know, sadly, there have been a couple of deaths that, um, well, one, I had a death in the family, so oh, I, sorry to hear that, that. that's something yeah, sorry that for your loss, man. I got to look, not really look forward to, I'm not looking forward to going to the funeral on, on this coming Monday, uh-huh. and then in the sports world, I know there were, there were a couple of deaths. In the sports world, but locally here in D.C., we just lost uh, Rich Tandler, who uh, normally reports on the Redskins for NBC, CSN, or CSN, NBC. So okay. lost him today. But other than that, just been working. I'm glad the Skins beat Carolina for a change. And man, talk about bad topics. Man, you said that, man. Cam Newton and his accuracy. It, it it needs to stop. It, it, he overthrows everybody. I mean, that dude will overthrow Jesus if he was throwing at the heavens. I mean, Jesus. It, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, I'm not knocking him, but this is terrible. He's been in the league too long for that. But anyway. Yeah, that was some that was some great A shade right there. Mm. <laughs> anyway, Bills, what's going on? I'm gonna let you hit, handle your business. What's going on, man? Well, perhaps some uh slightly better news. Um I'm gonna be doing some gigs of my own soon. Uh, so that's good. I'm trying to come up with a set list right now. Um, the songs that I would do, 
and we're organizing that. You know, we're gonna find some venues. We're gonna start doing some gigs. This I also, awesome. awesome. Yeah, man, it's 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 really coming together. I mean, I I know a guy that has a production group that is partnered with Def Jam. So mm. that's another big thing that's going on right now. I'm supposed to meet with him next week, and hopefully we can get some type of deal signed, and I can start recording. Obviously, on a more um, permanent basis and yes I mean those are two revenue streams right there that are opening up and um, <laughs> can't come soon enough that's all I can say but other than that I mean just playing these games and trying to stay out of drama um, I think I think I think you know I think first and friend race has done a very good job of staying out of drama and I, yes I know this is basically like our first um this is our first episode that's actually going to be on iTunes that wasn't recorded prior to us putting this on iTunes. So if anybody's like finally getting this uh, content for the first time, uh, we have been the subject of a lot of unnecessary drama. But for the past few, I say the month or so, we've been sidestepping it and we've just been keeping it about these games. So I think we've done a good job of that and we just let everything else fall by the wayside. And also, people have toned down on doing things that are so stupid we can't not speak on it. Well, that is true. You know, that is true because if you do something stupid in the gaming community, hell, even in the sports world, if we see a, a, a professional player doing something stupid, we're going to speak on it and oh, yeah. we want to call your dumb ass out. So, I mean, yeah. only way, you know, the only way to, you know, not to be talked about is just don't do stupid shit. Yeah, from the months of June to pretty much October. That's like the height of the idiocy in the sports community. And um, it's toned down the past couple months, so I'm proud of certain people for, uh, staying, you know. Yeah, it's not, what, what they say? We are proud of them for staying in their lane? Staying in their lane, yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> since, uh, that, since, the, since that was supposed to be the shade when they was, we used to talk about me being in yep. my lane. Yeah. Look like they stayed in theirs, and and they, that's what it need to be. Well, anyway, yeah. uh, my intro. Um, I am VF Baller. You also can find me a Silent Gamer. Think I'm gonna continue to stick with that uh that VF Baller thing. Everybody knows me as that virtual footballer. They call me that anyway. They didn't give a damn about my other name. So um, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so uh, I'll just continue to go by that. And um, this is the first and frame rates podcast. This podcast is basically where you get uncut, authentic, real commentary about sports and sports gaming. And for me, um, I really want to, you know, push this con this content to the masses. And I'm, I'm glad I have two great co-hosts to do that with. And we're just going to continue to push on. Now, personally, what's been going on with me for the past week or so, um, as everybody, you know, most people know that my wife is pregnant and she was very concerned about the baby not moving she we just got into our six you know six months and she was concerned about it talked to our you know our doctor about it and lo and behold he just said don't worry about it you'll be fine the day after that i mean you know my son just won't stop moving in her stomach i mean that little guy's gonna be active and that pretty Ooh. much just made my made my last 10 days i mean every day i would come home or she would send me a picture she'll send me a video of watching her stomach move and you know like last night for instance i was playing some of my music like i mean i know you two guys know that i actually mm -hmm. i made beats for my old channel my old youtube channel 
So I was just going yeah. back listening to that music just by you know chilling or whatever. And all of a sudden, every single song I put up, you know, the baby would move in her stomach. And like she actually sent me, you know, the video because I had my back turned, so I really wasn't paying attention. And she showed me like you see his hand or see his foot like poking out through her stomach. And, you know, that's just. You know, I mean, all this other stuff that's been going on, you know, in the world, you know, I, I was sitting here, you know, even, you know, with games, you know, sports, even politics, you know, I try not to get, you know, into all that stuff. I try to be fair minded, don't really not necessarily take a side. I just try to use common sense and everything that goes on. But when that stuff happened with my baby, you know, I just didn't care about none of the other stuff. My main thing was, you know, I just want to just continue continuously bring positive vibes and bring good content whether it be the youtube channel or if it be this uh podcast or just on twitter in general it's like you can't be upset up at stuff that you can't control so you know i just got away from all that so basically everybody it's like all three of us have really good you know positive weeks i know dj you had death in your family i, I you know i'm really sorry for your loss and i know how tough that can be you know so but other than that, man, everybody looks like we're going in the right direction as far as what we want to do. And mm-hmm. with that being said, we're going to go in the direction of talking about some sports. Uh, the NFL, um, we pretty much had a situation with some uh, fairly interesting games. I mean, I, I'm i actually surprised that uh, Kansas City, you know, uh, pretty much gave everything that, uh, that they could to New England. They end up losing that game. The Chicago Miami game was nuts. You know that. Was yeah, that was that was insane. I yeah. I'd never seen a game go like that, where, you know, uh, there's a scapegoat and then he's all of a sudden he's off the hook. But yeah, it, yeah, he basically fumbled the ball at one inch line. The they yard, yeah, they they should have lost that game. And I feel bad for the folks who lost the coverage of that game after it. Oh, um, you know, after they had to put the next game on. Because... Oh my God, I was that guy. I was, I, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I was sitting here. I was sitting there looking at it, and as soon as that guy missed the field goal, I was like, Oh my God, he missed the field goal! And then all yeah. of a sudden, it was like, uh, We got to go to another game. I was like, Oh no, are you serious? Uh, that game was insane. They had it on Red Zone. They had it on obviously Sunday Ticket, um, NFL Sunday Ticket. So I watched it on red zone and they picked up the coverage there. Cause obviously they cover pretty much every game in the league. And it was, it was just, you know, you wouldn't expect Miami to be in a game like that. Now, granted they had a lot of help from the refs pretty much turning a blind eye to Khalil Mack getting held on every single play, but Brock Osweiler played like he had his head on straight for once. I uh, know. I mean, this is like we were looking at Brock Osweiler like his first three or four games when he came in the league. That, that, then, that's what he looked yeah. like. That's what he yeah, looked like. And then you got uh, Frank Gore who's looking like Benjamin Button. He just doesn't age. I mean, he was looking good too. I mean, Man, it, it, can you believe he's number four on the all-time rushing list? I can. That, I can no, if, 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 like, seriously, six months down the road from now, and somebody tell you that once again, you're gonna be me personally. I'll be taken aback because it's mm-hmm. it's hard for me to believe. Like Frank Gore is like the the quietest running back in the history of the NFL because you barely hear about him, and when you do hear about him, it's like something out of the way. Like he's done this, he's done that, and then when you look at his body body of work, 
It's number four on the list. That could be a trivia question in some cases. And if any one of those top four had to earn it, it was him. Right. Because he played on a horrible team for 90% of his career. His team had a three-year stretch when they were contenders. The rest of those years, they had different coaches every year. Horrible quarterbacks. Horrible lines. Um, Stacking a box because you knew that their receivers weren't going to get open. Things I mean, like what, that. Wasn't he around when Al, him and Alex Smith had to deal with like offensive coordinators for the first five years of their career or something like that? I know, yeah. I know, I know. With Alex Smith, it was the first five or first four years of his career. He went through like five different offensive coordinators. You know, by then Frank Gore's already been in the league, but still. You go through a stretch, you have to go through different offensive coordinators for that long a stretch of time. I mean, how could you be great? He was the best player on a team where Mike Singletary sent Vernon Davis to the showers early. And you know um, what? That was the yeah, and you know what? That was probably the best thing that ever happened to Vernon Davis. Yeah. Now to be honest with you, that probably was the, one of the best because I mean, at, ever since then, I mean, he played like really good for the next couple of years. And he's still and he's still in the league. And even though his athleticism isn't the freak of nature type athleticism that it used to be, he still is good enough and smart enough and witty enough to still be in the league. He's still effective, much like Ben Watson. Right. But I'm saying so, if that if that never yeah. happened, if that never happened, then for him to get disciplined to realize that something needs to change in his psyche, yeah. it could have been a situation where his his career could have turned to, to a different path. Oh, that, if anything, that's one thing Mike Singletary has done. Any, if, if anything, as far as coaching, he pretty much made sure that guy was on, kept his head on straight to have a, a a long career. And that's what you see a lot of times when you have a coach that is coaching a team that doesn't really have that much talent, and they can find that one player that will actually be something in the league. They try to take that player under their wing, even if nobody else on the team cares about winning. I mean, I, I heard uh, Kenny Smith talk about it with Bill Russell, and he spoke about how um, Bill Russell was coaching the Kings in Kenny Smith's rookie year, and he's just like, you know, I would trade all of you, but nobody wants y'all. Uh-huh. That's just how bad y'all are. Right. And Kenny Smith, he said he would have Kenny Smith sit right next to him every single day. And Kenny Smith wondered why. He said, you're the only person on the team that has a chance to do anything in this league. Wow. Mm, So just a little bit of insight into that Vernon Davis and Mike Singletary relationship. I'm pretty sure it was the same way. Yeah, I can agree. All right. What about these Carolina Panthers and this Washington Redskins? DJ, your team pulls out the victory against uh, Cam Newton and... And uh, the Carolina Panthers. It was it was just an ugly game, honestly. I'm like the Skins scored early, and didn't score late. Like they like the pattern they that has formed with this team. It just seems like you know John. About to say John. I feel like he's bad as John, but he's not. I feel like Jay when he calls a game, he calls a good scripted game. It's just when it goes beyond the script that's where it's just like i don't know what to expect from him but uh josh norman wound up picking off uh his former team and finally getting an interception for the first time in ever since he was a carolina panther he's (laughs) dropped so many potential interceptions along the way as a redskin 
Um, but he got it. Uh, defense held up when it when it came down to it. They offensively, I I look on Twitter and people criticize, you know, certain receivers or certain whatever, or they express certain faith, like uh, in um in Dotson and Josh Dotson. Uh huh. And I'm just like, well, like one person was complaining. That oh he's not getting enough targets. I'm like, you see this dude drop passes? Of course he's gonna, not going to get it. Yeah, if you, targets. Keep, yeah just, if you keep dropping passes, you're not nobody going to throw to you. And then here's the other thing. I know Bill, you just talked about Vernon Davis, mm-hmm. and his, and now his real resurgence has been since Alex Smith has been with the Washington Redskins. Because you see the Redskins go more to uh, Vernon Davis than they do to uh, Jordan Reed. Mm-hmm. So I know some people are probably wondering about that, but that's just, I'm like from, and I can attest to this personally, knowing that, you know, I had a, like in my rec league, I had a quarterback that, you know, I was in tune with. Well, he's no longer the quarterback of the team. And we brought some new players and there was already a a quarterback receiver duo that came over. So most of the passes, I didn't get as many uh, targets and whatnot. And I thought about it. It was rough at first, but it's one of those things where you understand that you go with what you know and you develop the rest. Right, and and a lot of people just don't realize that, that just not in football, but uh, just anything that that involves sports. If you have a teammate and you're in tune with them and y'all on the same wavelength, it makes a big difference. I mean – look look at the look at the look at the um, the Green Bay Packers right now. They that Aaron Rodgers is missing Jordan Nelson. I don't care what anybody say. Yeah. He can say yeah they're winning games or whatever the case may be, but it's not the same without Jordy Nelson. I mean easily. Mm-hmm. So I mean just stuff like that, you know, it, it makes a difference. I mean, as far as my team, Atlanta beat Tampa Bay. Uh they have more injuries. Uh they put uh Devontae Freeman on IR. Calvin Ridley is out now. So it's like the, the injuries continue to honestly pile up, but they did manage to win. Um, they managed to win the game. Uh, even though with these losses, I mean, Matt Ryan, this guy's playing lights out. I mean, I, does anybody notice, like, the, the, the numbers he's putting up? I have. Got, I got him on my fantasy team. I mean, I mean, he's putting up, like, serious numbers. And I'm like, this is like almost like more like, like Matthew Stafford type stuff. You but know, you understand, but you understand why he's able to put up these numbers because they're usually behind. Yeah, yeah, because the defense is like not, you know, I mean, you lost your, your middle linebacker, you lost two safeties, so I, I totally get it. But for him to be like only, you know, almost at two thousand yards already, mm-hmm. he's already almost at two thousand yards, fourteen touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, that's like, you know, that's like really good. I mean, he's probably on pace to hitting five thousand if he keeps it up. I doubt it if he will, but I mean, at, as of right now, I mean, that's what it looks like. Well, I'm tired of people stressing that the Falcons force feed the ball to Julio Jones from to have a touchdown. Quite frankly, that should be the least of their worries right now. I agree. I to force feed that. somebody the ball just for the sake of stats. No, I mean that's really... like that, that's the quickest way to, to continuously get L's. Yeah, I mean, clearly what they're doing right now is working. Offensively, Off- offensively, the game, the yeah. team has no problem offensively. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually, like, you know, yeah, I'm actually, you know, I'm actually giving a nod to the the the, the Sarkeesian. I mean, the yeah. guys actually putting the team in situations where they can put up thirty points a game. You know, 
compared to last year where yeah, I don't even want to talk about the shit that he did last year. It was just it was stupid. But um you know, just you just your your defense is depleted, so you're gonna have this situation. Uh but I don't have anything else to say about them. They played the Giants on Monday night. Um mm-hmm. I, I can see them winning that one too. But the Giants, I mean, the talented, they have the weapons that they have. They they just can't get it together. And I'm starting to think Eli's the problem. So, I mean, yeah. they're going to have to draft a quarterback next year. I mean, I, I, there's no way around that. Um, but, I, I, have, I have this concern. Why are teams, why are certain teams waiting so late to start grooming young quarterbacks? Because they're romanticizing the current one they have. Yeah, he just answered it for. Hey, see, that's the problem. Is like they don't realize ever since like two thousand eight that formula has been working. You saw the yeah, like we talked about last. You see the Joe Flacco's, you see the Matt Ryan's. I mean, even before he got hurt, you saw the RG threes. I mean, you see these young quarterbacks come out and they're actually on fire, and you can really build a team around a quarterback under his rookie contract. It's like Cleveland had to find out the hard way. You know, they just found out that, uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor, as nice as he plays, you know, the team just responds better to Baker Mayfield. You know, yeah. Buffalo hasn't learned yet. You, you see what happened with them the other day. Sorry, man. They get a raging heart on every time Nathan Peterman's name gets brought up. And now this time they actually have an excuse because Josh Allen, who actually was starting to hit his stride, got injured. Right. And... You know? It's just I don't get with the Giants. What they don't understand is what they're basically doing. They're using everybody else's scapegoat, but Eli Manning. Right, All the pressure exactly. is on Odell Beckham. Yeah. Odell Beckham should shut up and play more. First he's off, having a, he has another another tension tantrum. You know, well, it's like it's like first off, him and Saquon Barkley are the two guys giving more effort than anybody else on that field. To make Eli look like he's still that, a formidable quarterback is still not working. That other receiver is doing okay too. Uh, Shepard, yeah, Shepard, he's doing Shepherd's okay. Shepard's a I, monster. I give him credit too, but the rest of the team is like, blah. I've seen more psychoanalysis about this dude's drops this year. Mind you, up to I think week three, none of the drops were considered catchable passes, so all of them were uncatchable. Which means that's on Eli. Yeah, exactly. And it just to me. When you have a situation where the franchise is romanticized a quarterback, like I said, doing the same thing with Big Ben in in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Big Ben has his good weeks. He has his bad weeks. Mason Rudolph clearly is not the heir apparent. They're making it seem like that, but nobody ever expects Mason Rudolph to start. No. Let's be honest. Me and VF talked about that before anybody else talked about it. Yeah. Because he found an article talking about how they were, you know, voicing their opinions about what kind of quarterback he could be. And I'm looking at him just like, you got to be kidding me. There's no way this dude's going to start over Big Ben. No, no. But and, at the end of the day, on top yeah. of that, Big Ben don't want nothing to do with him anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, they drafted a quarterback this year. They drafted a quarterback last year on New York. They aren't going to get in the way of Eli starting. They're not good enough. They're not, they're not put, they're not putting the time in for the, no. for heir apparent. No, they're just, they're just, they're, they're basically just, they're drafting him just so he can, they can sit behind him. And that know? was Hugh Jackson's issue with Tyrod Taylor. Acting like Tyrod Taylor was a franchise quarterback just saying, look, Baker's going to sit this year. It was a mistake. Right. And then he had his hand forced. Okay. And, and the difference is, you know, Tyrod Taylor ain't won two Super Bowls ages ago where he can hold on to that forever. Okay. 
Plenty of quarterbacks play with bad lines. Eli's the only person who gets an excuse for this. I don't get it. Joe Flacco's currently playing with a bad line. They're winning games. Oh, man. Andrew Luck's played with a bad line his entire career. Deshaun Watson's playing with a bad line. I mean, come on. Let's stop this. But, I mean, um, to go to my team real quick, uh, what a game. Yeah. That's what I can say. What a game. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill is clearly a special talent. I think most people can accept that, except Jalen Ramsey, apparently. Um, Patrick Mahomes, man. I mean, to to have the first quarter that he did, and Bill Belichick was really pushing the envelope on those um, formations in nickel where no linemen, nobody in the front seven had their hands in the dirt. Everybody was standing. You couldn't tell who was coming, who was going, who was dropping in the coverage, who was blitzing if they were a man. It was it was brilliant. But then Patrick Mahomes found that magic that only he and few quarterbacks have where no matter what defense you're in, his arm will beat it. Right. And Tyreek Hill was getting behind the defense because he's Tyreek Hill. McCourty couldn't keep up with him. And... They ran the ball okay, not not too great. I mean, Kareem Hunt obviously had a big game, but as far as the times where they ran the ball well, you could tell that they were only running the ball well because New England was kind of playing that Bemba don't break defense that they like right. to play, that, that, or that yeah, they're forced to play because yeah, they suck. You're looking at you're looking at the um, you're looking at the rushes. I mean, he had ten for eighty yards. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they gave him the ball enough. But on no. the flip side of that. He had five catches for 105, so, oh, yeah. I mean, you, you can't make the argument either way. So, um, you can yep. say that he didn't get the, he didn't get to run the ball enough, but at the same time, he got a good bit of catches, so. Yeah, because Andy Reid was – Andy Reid's a really good offensive coach. We all pretty much know this. He was getting uh, Kareem Hunt in situations where the linebacker would have to defend him or a D lineman dropping into a zone would have to keep tabs on him, and obviously that does not work when you have somebody like Tyreek Hill – who was pulling coverage to, you know, pulling their attention to him. Uh, I'm really liking how Josh Gordon's looking, despite the fact they're using him the completely wrong way. Yeah, Um, I I thought I was the only one that noticed that. I don't get why Josh McDaniels is not having him go more vertical. I understand they're trying to get Chris Hogan involved and keep him interested, even though Chris Hogan's one of those guys that doesn't really need the ball that much because he's he's a glue guy. He's like an Amendola. Um, Philip Dorsett shouldn't touch the field, and that's no knock against him, but there's just too many good receivers on his team. I think if you send Josh Gordon vertical, you'll get Gronk open a lot more than even he was last game. We really need to start hitting our stride offensively because Brady has thrown some picks this season that he had no business throwing. And part of it is him, and part of it is the fact that the play design just isn't where it should be. Overall, I still don't feel very great about the Patriots, and I'm sure that everybody who's not a Patriots fan and some Patriots fans will say, oh, well, you have no reason to be skeptical. I have plenty of reason to be skeptical. Um, that Jacksonville game was enough for me. Mm. We have one guy. We have one guy who creates a pass rush for the entire line just by drawing a double team. It's disgusting. Uh, well, speaking of Jacksonville, this guy got blown out by Dallas. What the hell happened with that? I don't know. I I I don't know what happened. I mean, before we jump over to, we're going to talk about a little bit of NBA. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't been living under a rock, uh, I mean, you would know that Dallas beat up on the Jacksonville Jaguars forty to nothing. They dropped forty on them. I mean, I'm mean, sorry, forty to seven. And um, neither quarterback played pretty good. Both of them threw for under two hundred yards. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I watched the game, but at the same time, I was like abysmal. Oh, I, I, it was just abysmal play by Jacksonville. I don't know what happened out there. I, it's I really funny. Don't. I mean, it's funny. Um, I'm gonna let DJ speak on it, obviously, because I've I've talked for a while. But th- just my quick, quick, quick thoughts. I see Jacksonville's fan base fighting over whether to blame defense or the offense. How about you blame the team who went either three and out or turnover for the entire game and forced the defense to play on short fields? I don't know. Just my idea. I'm just looking at the scoring, and it's like. This is just a bunch of. This is like the 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 quietest forty points that I've seen. But it mm-hmm. wasn't quiet if you were actually watching what was happening. Yeah. Because if you look at the stats, the stats don't show you forty points. But mm-hmm. if you watch the game, it was like Jacksonville was just out of sync in everything. Yeah. I mean, it was just it was just horrible to look at, and I don't know what was going on with the team. I mean, DJ, what are your thoughts? I just look at it like this, man. Looking at it for the fact that the Redskins do play Dallas this week. You ain't got to worry it, about. It, you ain't got to worry about getting forty points scored on you. See, but it's it's just funny that they did destroy Jacksonville like the way they did. I'm like, I didn't really watch the. Well, I, I was in a region that didn't really get the game, so couldn't really like break it down mm. uh, like you guys are doing. But I just know this. Is that yeah? You're right. There's no way Dallas is scoring 40 points again this season. No, I was, just, I, I was just about to say that. I was about yeah, to say because that. first of all, first of all, Dak Prescott is not that you know good. Two, I don't, I really don't know that they're, they're they're still trying to run the offense through Ezekiel. And he's and like he'll have his good moments. He'll have his like moments where they shut him down. It's not really like like it was in his rookie season. Uh, that defense still no name. You know, spotty except for Sean Lee, and maybe a defensive end. I I really don't care who's on Dallas at this point. <laughs> they're not putting forty on another team and again in this lifetime. I don't. I don't see it. I mean, do you think Dallas could literally score forty against any other team? In it, like, if Dallas scored forty against Jacksonville, which pretty much has no injuries, even with the short fields, if you look at Dak Prescott's stats, those are stats that he wouldn't even put up against a worse team. The dude went seventeen for twenty-seven for one eighty-three and two touchdowns. I mean that, that that don't speak forty points though. That speaks forty that, see, points. That, see, that, that speaks forty points when Zeke goes twenty four for one hundred and six. See, but no, it, see that's what I'm saying. That's why I was saying in the beginning. I don't I don't agree with that. Those numbers don't speak forty points. Their defense that, that, forced turnovers. That, now see now with that now if you add that to it, but I'm, I'm thinking when you think about forty points, most of the time yeah you're going to get like a pick six or you're going to get a short field. To get that, but then again, your quarterback's going to at least give you two forty. You know what I I'm saying? Like, your running, your running back may give you one hundred and six, but they're going to still have like twenty yards receiving. Yeah, but they, a lot of times those forty point games also have 
couple of turnovers. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking what you're saying because you, you made a good point when you said about the difference of turnovers. Because I didn't think about that. Because when I, when I started talking about Dallas, it was more like, okay. I see what Dak did. I see what Zeke did. That don't speak 40 points to me. But what, But like I said, you're going to have a, a possible pick six or a short field or a punt return or, you know, something like that. But when you look at the rest of the, the schedule, they play Washington, Tennessee, Philly, Atlanta, Washington, New Orleans, Philly again, Indiana. That would be the game that they'll probably drop 40 on again, if any. Is, probably, it, is it in Indy? It's in Indy, but it doesn't matter. That team sucks. I I, I don't I, I can see them doing it on them. Um, who else you said they'll play Tennessee? That could be another because they play at Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee they're playing, is they're playing in um they're, they're playing awful. in Dallas, so I can see they're that. awful though. Like they're like really bad. So like they're like really really bad. I can see them dropping forty on Indiana or or Tennessee. That's what I'm saying I want to say any team. No, it's not gonna happen to Washington. But I mean, we can't we can't just you know discount what happened in this game just because Jacksonville has a couple injuries. I mean, they yes, were that's still a, you're right. they're, offense in the league. They're, they're still a good defense. You're right. Yeah. You're right. They're, you're right. they're a it's damn just, good defense. It, it's just hard. It's just hard for me to see it, for them to drop another 40. But if you look at the schedule, Tennessee and Indiana, those are the two. I, I can see it. But, what other um, games do we have this week? Uh, we had the Raiders uh, showing their true selves. Nah, I don't. I'm, I'm not Twenty-seven to three. Nah, I'm not no one, talk, I'm no not one, no one, no one cares about the Raiders. Yeah, no, I, I don't want to talk about them. It's just like YouTube. It's dead. Yeah, I like, I, I like laughing at this corpse in this situation. Um, Titans lost twenty-one zip. Yep. Uh. The Rams and Denver played. They um, Denver lost by three. That that team right there, man. Denver is like, they're, they're like one of those teams that are going to continuously lose games by like three or less for the entire season. I heard their fans cheered when the uh, the backup quarterback got subbed in just to take a knee. That's how bad Case Keenum is right now. But it, it's not even Case Keenum. They really like who is it, Chad Kelly or something like that. The, yeah, the fan base really liked that kid ever since he got drafted. I think he was like Mr. Irrelevant that year when he got drafted out of Old Miss. He, he miss also. Nah, he wasn't. He was he really drafted last? Yeah, I think it? he. I think he was drafted last. You think I he thought was, he was just a low, like a low round pick, not Mr. Right. Irrelevant. I'm looking well, it up right now. I'm looking it up right now. Two fifty three, round seven. I think he was Mr. Irrelevant. I think he, he was. Is. He is. He was. Yeah, I was saying he was Mr. Wow. Relevant, and they were real. I mean, they were high on him. They were high on him over the time when they had Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon. They they wanted him to start then. I mean, yeah, but they weren't going to cheer if one of those guys got taken out for the the last play of the half just to take a knee. I mean, this is Case Keenum territory that we're, we're... I mean, this is just another example of a quarterback that's fool's gold. Right, Case Keenum was a beast in, at Houston. He found man. lightning in a bottle for one season with a damn good defense, and Kirk Cousins is tearing it up way better than than Case Keenum ever could throw a ball. Man, shout out, Kirk, shout out to Kirk Cousins. He's doing really yeah, good. But, yeah, but Kirk Cousins is getting exposed a little bit. You know, because he's still turning the ball. He's still, as far as fumbling is concerned, he's still turning the ball over there. I mean, yeah, Cousins, Cousins has Cousins has shortcomings as far as um, protecting the ball, definitely, when he's scrambling. 
But as far as, you know, just throwing the ball, Keenum versus Cousins, it's not close. I mean, nah, I mean basically have Cousins... the same receivers this year, and, and Thielen looks like a Pro Bowl receiver. I mean, I even saw a segment, which I think was a bit much, where they were asking if Adam Thielen was the best receiver in the league. Yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins has been putting – his ball placement has been amazing this year. Yeah. It's been really good. Anyway, uh, that's enough for the NBA. I think there's nothing else to buy. Yeah, the NFL. That's <laughs> what I'm going to say. I was jumping to the NBA. My bad. Um, yeah. as, as the time of this uh, podcast, we have a handful of games that are already done. Um, the Bucks beat the Hornets. Not surprised. Kemba um, had a big night. Yeah, Kemba did have a big night. He scored 41, two rebounds and four assists. Um well, like Griffin got his shit pinned again by some no-name guy. Really? I, yo, I saw that on Twitter, but I didn't know it was all about. But Bro. Um, I mean, once in preseason and then the first game, you have it happen again. It's like, where, where are those highlight films at? Maybe people just moving out of your way. Must be. Andrew Drummond, Andrew Drummond had a pretty big game. He had 24 and 20. Yeah, that dude is the best rebounder in the league. It's not even close. Yeah, yeah seriously. Probably going to be like an eight seed and get smoked by Boston. Yeah, it won't be so. Speaking of Boston, those guys played amazing the other night. They played pretty good. Jason Tatum. Yeah, that, was, that was that was a serious a game filled with highlights. You yeah, know, and, you know much. what's sad? Kyrie played awful. Yeah, he did. Well, he didn't play awful. He shot off. I don't say he played awful. Yeah, he, he shot. Yeah. He shot awful. Hayward's just easing into it. Tatum had a great night. Yeah, yeah. Hayward gets a pass. Yeah, but it's like this is the second best team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And they got shellacked. Now, granted, yeah, they're going to have to get their lineup together. They're going to have to figure out whether to start Fultz or Reddit. Yeah, all that's real nice. They don't have a bench that could deal with the Celtics. Not too many teams in the East, do. No, I mean, I guess maybe Toronto. Yeah. um, And Washington on a good day. Yeah. Yeah. I think the... The key with Washington is going to be what is Marquise Morris going to do when that matchup pops up, if it arises. Mm-hmm. Because he's probably going to be the X factor in that series. We know what Bill's going to bring. We know what Wall's going to bring. We know Dwight's going to rebound and give effort when he's touching the ball, you know, more times than he did in Houston. So um, that should be interesting. Washington's going to surprise a lot of people. But honestly, Toronto and Philly are the only two teams who would be – of any threat to listen, Boston. Man. Listen, man, I'm telling you right now, and I know y'all boys might laugh in my face, my Chicago Bulls are getting the fourth seed in the East. Nope. Can't laugh at that. Fourth seed nope. in the East. My Chicago Bulls getting number four. I'm telling you right say, now. What do you think? Washington big capital letters. N O. <laughs> That is not happening. My Chicago Bulls is getting it for me at, at the least. They, I ain't going to say at the least, but they, they, I can see them four or five. If Jabari Parker f- stays healthy. Yo, I, yo I've been watching these guys. Getting fifth seed. I've been, because, because, I've been watching the these guys in the preseason. And about Milwaukee, bro. Yeah, Milwaukee too. Damn, I might have to concede to get the fifth. And, of course, you're, you're forgetting about Washington. Uh, in that situation too, because yeah, but uh, I hate to say I hate to say it, DJ, but I, I think the Bulls could take Washington. No, <laughs> I want to see that four first five. Of, first of all, we have already seen a Washington playoff team take out a Chicago playoff team, so yeah, we're, yeah, we're not no, even going to go there. Yeah, you don't. You really don't want to go there because I can flip that back to you so easily. Oh boy, 
I was a Bulls fan at that point, so you can't. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious, man. I mean, I, I'm looking at these teams in the East. I mean, you see, uh, you see Toronto, you see Boston, you see Philly, you see Milwaukee. I mean, you know, I, but I'm looking at these Bulls. I was watching them this preseason, and I, I'm really loving what I see with these guys. These guys, like, they're young, but they look like they really could do something if people stay healthy and they actually play good team ball. They have a very good team. I mean, people are sitting here. It'll miss, yeah. spot. It'll miss the playoffs with one spot. No, the Bulls are going to be. And then we haven't even, I mean, you talk about Jabari, we talk about Jabari Parker, you talk about Zach Levine. They'll probably be like a six seed. They're going to comfortably make the playoffs. I mean, who's going to beat them out for a playoff spot? The Hornets? Exactly. They just got rocked today. I mean, I mean, okay, I, this is what I see. I see. They barely Boston. lost. I see Boston. Boston, Washington. Hey, listen. Let me let me live. Washington, Philly, um, uh, yeah. Charlotte lost by one point. Got rocked. (laughs) That's five right there. Boston, Washington, Indy, Philly, um, Toronto, Miami. No, I don't think we're making a diet this year. Um, I mean, I, I like, like I said, I like the team that my boy that that, that they put a sim- they assembled. Oh, no, Knicks, no, Hawks, hell no, hell they, no. By the Knicks tonight, yeah. They, I mean, they let the Knicks put forty nine on them in the second quarter. What? Yep, the Knicks put forty nine on them in the second quarter. Trey Young went five for fourteen. Look forward to a lot more of those nights. Oh my mm-hmm. God, and, and and I swear it, you know, later <laughs> on, and uh, this guy Luka Doncic, I, I swear, man, every Bro. time this dude, every time this dude make a bucket, man, the GM uh, or the ownership in Atlanta should be kicking themselves. Playing to ten thirty too. Good God, I, I was like, why would they yeah. even make that trade? I mean, I, I I'm a be, I'm not, a, I'm not a trade young fan, and you know, the Atlanta Hawks is the home team. But I'm I'm not a fan of Trey Young. I, I I never was. And when they picked um Doncic, I thought it was a really good pick. The kid looked like he could play, and he's like showing what he can do. And then you have this other guy from Oklahoma just jacking up threes and airballing and hitting the back of the, the rim and all this other stuff. I I can't deal. What do y'all think about the West? Um, that is because good God, Houston does not look good right now. And I know it's the first game of the season. But I'm looking at their bench, and Houston looks terrible right now. I mean, Carmelo came off their bench, and he provided, I guess, some form of offense. But he's not going to be nearly as good as people expect. They're just blaming Russell Westbrook for that entire season last year. It's not wait, really... wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Meritick has thirty points in this game. Wow, <laughs> and 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 and, yeah, and, and, and who was guarding him? Well, Carmelo was for a lot of the game. Mm. No defense. Listen, I, I under slow, bumbling, I, fumbling. I love point. that guy's game. Don't get me wrong. I love Meritix's game, and I understand why. I understand this man why he damn near not... had a triple double. Yeah, yeah. He got he finished up a double double. This motherfucker's getting blown out. Um, what by twenty? You think they, okay, there were three players that scored tw- wait, four that scored twenty or more points. Like they're down by more scored twenty one. Brand New Orleans, bro. Meritich thirty. 
Davis 32, and then off the bench, Julius Randle with 25. In Jesus just Christ. 23 minutes. <laughs> and the thing is, and it, you know what it is. You know what it is. Well, for the first thing, you got you got Hughes Goods and Brandon Knight as your backup point guard. Right. You got Michael Carter-Williams, who's going to play some pretty big minutes. James Ennis. Wh- wh- really? He has even... only had 18 points with that. Oh. Carmelo had Carmelo had nine, and people are gonna say, "Oh, well, it's gonna surprise the people." No, that's that's Ca- Ca- Carmelo. But Carmelo was, was three for ten from the field, though. Three for ten, one for five, and three points in twenty-seven minutes. That would be minutes. nice if we were playing baseball. Let's see, we got another situation where Melo's only getting ten shots, and he's never gonna change his game to impact the game with only getting ten shots. Well, well I, mean, I mean, not only that, I mean, minutes, so. He was on the floor for 27 minutes and only took 10 shots. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing because if you choose... all in a James Harden situation, there always will be until one of them leaves. There's no third star you can add to this team and make them better. Matter of fact, hold up. You, I'm looking at all these shot attempts. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, Harden had 15, Paul 12, Carmelo 10. What's Eric Gordon shooting up 14 shots for? Because that's what he does. He and gets, then MC like, no, Dove no, is shooting ten shots. Bro, the thing, the, see the thing about Eric Gordon shots up the thing is about, because he knows he won't get the ball back if he passes. But not only that, the thing about Eric Gordon, the way this team is supposed to be set up, Eric Gordon is supposed to be the guy that pushes the ball when James Harden's not in the game. That's why he, Eric Gordon is doing nothing wrong, in my no, opinion, no. because that's what he's supposed to do when Harden's not on the floor. He's supposed to be the backup for James Harden's role. So, I mean, and to be honest with you, he was like the most efficient out of everybody on the team. Well, if you if you're talking about out of all the players that didn't go negative, as far as the plus minus, like James Harden was the most inefficient out of all of them. At right. Plus, he was at minus twenty three. Yeah, but I've always hated plus minus. It's, it's such a it, dumb. It's a it's a hockey thing. I. I yeah, makes sense. One, that's why I actually like that they added that stat to to basketball because I it I do like to see how efficient players are. I know they have other stats for that, but that plus minus right. is like a big thing. Yeah, but the, I mean, if you want to take basketball, can affect be affected by so many things. I don't, I don't, I don't really. Yeah, like that it. is true. That is true. same with hockey. But so if, many if things you really, that affect the plus minus there too. Yeah, if you really look at the the the. the you know, the thin line, the, the, the silver lining in uh, the Rockets. I mean, Eric Gordon did exactly what he was supposed to do. He did it. He did his job. He played 29 minutes. He was 7 to 14, 2 of 9 for 3. He played 20. He had 21 points. Yeah, he was minus 11. But you, you, most of your back, most of the guys come off the bench are usually the minus guys. But that's, so, that's, that's too many people shooting 10 or more shots. I'm sorry. I get what you're saying. <laughs> Everybody's touching the ball. Harden take twenty seven and Chris Paul take twenty and See, Gordon that, take. No, no, no! It doesn't have to be that extreme. You're supposed to leave most of your shots for your three primary scorers. It's just unfortunate that one of them's on the bench. Well, and I mean, we, not only that. I mean, all the three primary scorers they weren't they weren't that efficient. I mean, six to twelve, six to fifteen, and three for ten. I mean, all of them are under what what that is. Paul is fifty percent. James Harden damn near at forty or under forty. Or he's and, at forty. That I said this right. 
I said this when they got together. Chris Paul and James Harden are two ball-dominant guards. You are not going to touch the ball again if you pass it back to them. I can guarantee you that. They are getting their shots up when they can. That's what these other guys are doing. I'm like, Clint Capella had nine shots. And James Venus has seven. Give him the max. And you know what? The thing about it is they should be giving Clint Capella more shots than damn near anybody because the way uh, Chris Paul and James Harden play, they will be more successful if they went inside out. I would rather a post player get those 10 shots that Carmelo got. I don't know why they got Carmelo. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, say if you take that 10 and you give Capella the, those 10, he has 19 shots. Or you give another post player those 10, it's more viable than him. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I think that Chris Paul and James Harden play better if they go inside out. But they don't play that way. Man, they should have kept Trevor Reason. Yeah, that too. Trevor Reza. They got worse with Carmelo Anthony. People going to say, oh, Carmelo Anthony, you're still a top 20. You're not a top 20. Nothing. Okay? The only way he's effective is with the ball in his hands, and he has to catch the ball in certain spots to even be effective in that capacity. There is no way you're going to convince me that they got better when Trevor Reza was their best perimeter defender, their best spot-up shooter other than Eric Gordon. Now you're starting P.J. Tucker because you need offense off the bench. Once Carmelo comes in, if he's playing with Chris... Paul or James Harden, they're not just going to force feed him the ball. Yeah. And then look at this. Anthony Davis put up 32 and 16, which he does against a lot of teams, but nah, it's not all Clint Capella. Who nah, else is going to think? The thing was, was that Meritick put up 30 and Julius Randle had 25. Of course. Yeah. Julius Randle had 25 since college. So, I mean, come on. I understand why Meritick's not with the Bulls anymore. He got his ass kicked by, by Portis. But that dude uh, can ball. That dude can ball. That dude always has skills. <laughs> well, anyway, anything else y'all want to add to the NBA? Because I'm going to talk about a few uh, games, and then we can just call it a day. No, I'll, I'll look out for Utah in the West. Yeah, man, I love Donovan Mitchell, man. I like that guy's game. I really and the do. Wizards play the Heat tomorrow, so. Yeah. Well, actually, by the time people listen to the podcast, it'll be tonight. Yeah. Because uh, they play, uh, my Bulls play the 76ers. So. And I'll tell you, I've never been less excited to watch the Miami Heat than I am this year. Especially after they lost against Orlando. They yeah. suck. Yeah, suck. They, lost, they lost Orlando. That's, they just, they just, that, they're so pedestrian. You know? that's so much, that, that was kind of a surprise. I didn't expect that. Once again, I hope you guys enjoyed episode 39 of the First and Frame Rates podcast. You can catch us on iTunes. You can catch us on SoundCloud. You can also catch us on YouTube. Um... And you also can follow us on Twitter. I am at VF Baller. Bills is at at Bills Fourth, and DJ is at DJ Eighty One. So, hope you guys enjoyed. We'll be back with more content next week, and I hope you guys take care.